Good morning. It is good to see you this weekend. Um, I just have to make a disclaimer. I did it in the first service. I've got to do it again. Um, I'm becoming an old man today, something, doing, doing something I've never done before. I'm preaching using readers, all right? I never thought I'd get here, but here we are. So bear with me as I try to learn how to do this in a different way. My name is Andrew, uh, one of the pastors here, just excited that you are here with us. We are in week number three, the final week of this series that we've called Discover Your Shape. And now again, we're not talking about your body shape, your body type, all right? We don't need to know that. Uh, we want, we're talking about the divine design, how God has wired us, how he's shaped us through our lives in, in order to use us to bless and to serve others. And God has uniquely designed every single one of us so he can use us and that we can live joyfully within that design that he's made for us. And you know, I thought about a lot, if you've been around for a minute, you know this is true. I've thought a lot about parenting lately because we're getting ready to push you know, kid number one out of the nest here uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, my oldest son, my firstborn Isaiah, just turned 18. Um, he's getting ready to graduate from high school in a couple weeks. Um, I remember, so when I turned 40, um, I did something, um, I, I celebrated my 40th birthday by jumping out of a plane. And I remember my son, who was about 12 at the time, was like, I want to do that when I turn 18. And I was like, this will pass, you know. Here he comes to his 18th birthday. What do you want for your birthday? I want to go skydiving. So um, today, after church, we are driving up to Oak Island, North Carolina, Southport, to jump out of an airplane, all right? So if you don't see me back here next week, if I'm not preaching, you know, something went wrong, all right? Um, but we're doing that today, you know, that's... Part of, you know, well, if I have to do that as a father, okay, I guess I'll do it. So we're doing that today. I've been thinking so much about parenting as we're going through these different stages. And, you know, two things that I think about very often, parenting and pastoring. All right, both jobs that I do on a regular basis. So my mind's always in these worlds. But, you know, as I've thought about this, these, these two jobs are really very, very similar. Um, you, you may not think, about, think that way at first glance, but, you know, as a parent, as a parent, man, I want my kids to grow up and I want them to mature and I want them to become all that God wants them to be. I want them to become who God wants them to be, which is, as a parent, can be hard. You want them sometimes to become what you want them to become, but you know the goal is we want them to discover who God has made them to be and I don't want them to just survive. I want them to thrive in life. That's a tough job. It's a tough job as, as a parent. But Really, when you look at a pastor's role, out of all the things that I do, it's ultimately the, the same thing. It's, the hope is to see all of God's sons and daughters grow up in their faith, mature in Christ-likeness, and then become all that God has designed them to be. And to not just survive, all right, not just show up at church, not just to do the good Christian things, but man, to thrive and the design that God has, has created them to, to fulfill. And, you know, it's a tough job. It is a tough job, just as, as parenting is as well. But when you consider, you know, the home and you consider the church, in, in both of those environments, one, and one single member, in fact, every single, each and every single member, whether it's at home or in the church, every single member affects the whole family in a big way, 
in a major way. I mean, think about it this way. Each addition and subtraction affects the whole. So in a home, you know, you bring home uh, a baby or you, you bring in a foster child or maybe an aging parent. Whenever somebody is added to the home, it affects everything, right? Every, every subtraction from the home is the, is the same way. When someone leaves the home or someone grows up and leaves the nest or whatever the case may be, divorce, whenever somebody leaves the home, it, it, it affects the whole family. And it's that way in the church as well. Every single addition, every single subtraction affects the whole family. You know, over the last 12, 18 months as we've dealt with COVID and all these things, we've, we've seen a lot of both of these things. Every church has seen a lot of additions and a lot of subtractions, people who have come and people who have left. And every, every single person that leaves our church and every single new person who comes into our church, it affects the whole family. Every addition and subtraction affects the whole. Everyone's maturity affects the whole. All right, in a home, you think of, you know, if you have a house full of, you know, babies and toddlers or little ones, that affects the home, right? It affects everything. If, if you have a house full of teenagers, it affects your sanity. It affects everything, right? It affects the whole family. It's the same way in a church. Everyone's at different spiritual maturity levels. You know, we all, when we come to faith in Jesus, we're born spiritually, we're, we're babies, and we have to grow up. And so if you have a church full of spiritual infants and toddlers, it affects the whole. But if you have, on the other side of that, a church full of spiritual mothers and fathers, those who have been walking with God for a long time, and you have no babies, you have no new to the faith, it affects the dynamic of the whole church. Every, everyone's maturity affects the whole and then everyone's contribution affects the whole. Everyone's contribution, what each member brings to the table or offers, uh, you know, if, if you have a home full of, of takers, you know, maybe this is maybe more the norm where mom is the giver and everyone else is the taker, you know, and like that affects the whole. But if you have a, a home full of, of individuals, parents, kids, whoever's in that home is contributing and is serving and working together, man, you have a healthy, strong home. It's the same way in the church. Everyone's contribution affects everything. So if you have a church that's full of, of takers, where everyone wants to take and receive and be served, it affects everything. But if, conversely, if you have a church that's full of people who are giving and serving or contributing, it affects the health and the strength of that whole family. And so in this series... The idea is that this, this whole thing is about discovering your shape, how God has wired you and shaped you and designed you. And so this series as a whole, which we're wrapping up today, it's a quick series. The, the, the whole idea is that it's about you individually, helping you discover and figure out the way that God has, has designed you. But there's also a bigger picture. There's, there's more at play here. It's ultimately more than about you and me. It's about the whole family. It's about the whole church. And I want to say it this way. This is the big idea today is that as you go, so goes the church. And as you grow, so grows the church. In other words, you could look at yourself and amongst a group of people, you know, whether dozens, hundreds, thousands of people and say, well, I'm just one amongst many. I don't have much of an impact or influence. That's not true. Every single part of the body 
is important and matters. And as you go and as you grow, so goes and so grows this church. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to look at Ephesians chapter 4. You should have received uh, on a chair next to you, around you, the shape profile. Grab that or one around you. We'll hit that in a few minutes. Um, Let let me give another disclaimer this morning. Uh, The effectiveness of today's sermon is, and I'm trying to shed some responsibility here. It's not ultimately dependent on you. It's, It's dependent on what you do with what we talk about today. All right, so I'm going to preach for a couple minutes and give you a lot of resources to hopefully dig into on your own to discover your shape. Um, But I want to start out in Ephesians chapter 4, looking at verses 11 through 16. This is a passage that we, we looked at very briefly last week. This is one of the four primary passages that address the idea of spiritual gifts. And what you see in Ephesians 4 is Paul describes some roles, some individuals that God has gifted to the church for the purpose of of helping the church to grow in unity and maturity. Okay, so look for that as we look at this in Ephesians 4, starting in verse number 11. And he gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers. These are the gifts he's given to the church for the purpose of, verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so do you see this kind of theme here, this this giving of these gifts, these shepherds and teachers and evangelists and all these roles God gives to the church to help the church grow up in maturity, in unity. And, and, and what he says here is that the body grows stronger as each part plays its part. The, the whole body grows stronger as each part plays it, its part. Verse 16, it's in bold here. He says this, this is a key phrase to, to hang on to. When each part is working properly, when every single part of the body is working properly, this is how the body, the family, grows up and becomes more unified in the faith and becomes more mature and becomes more like Christ. It's when every single part is working properly. Have you ever had a part of your body that is just not quite working like the old eyes, you know what I'm saying? Just not working the same as they used to or not carrying the weight it used to. Uh, So Thursday, on Thursday, I got my second um, vaccination shot, all right? Um, Do with that what you will. I know some of you might leave our church because of that or some of you are like, oh, yeah, or whatever. It is what it is, all right? Um, I could take it or leave it, but I chose to do it because I want to serve more people and I feel like this is a way to do that. So I got my second shot. 
And if you've done this before, you know, okay, um, day after, the old arm is just like dead weight. Oh my goodness, it was just like, this thing is useless. And then yesterday was, was fine, and today it's, it's all good. I raised it up in worship, and I can, it's totally good. It's working. But for, you know, 24 hours, it was like, this thing is worthless. And so the rest of my body had to kind of compensate and make up for it. And, and this is what he's saying in Ephesians 4, is every part has to be working together properly. And as each member is working properly, the whole body gets stronger and better. And, and, and this is, is what he says, is, is as you go, as you go, so goes the church. And as you grow, so grows the church. In other words, you don't have to be a pastor or a leader or any, anything special. Every single part of the body is important and special and needed if the body's going to continue to grow and be healthy. And so I want you to discover your shape because I want you to grow. And I want you to experience the fullness of, of all that God has for you. And, and we say that around here is, is finding full life in Christ and community and mission, that you would find that fullness. I want you to grow in that. But at the same time, I know that as every single one of us grows, me, you, every single person, as each one of us grows, man, our church, the whole body, the whole family Grow stronger and more unified and more mature. And that's what we want here. Amen? That's what we want. We want this body to grow stronger. And so we introduce this idea or this acrostic of shape. And I'm just going to walk through these and remind you, or for some of you, bring it up to speed. It's an acrostic. S stands for spiritual gifts. H stands for heart. A stands for abilities. P stands for personality, and then E stands for experiences. Last week, we spent all week talking about spiritual gifts, the idea that when you put your faith in Jesus, you turn over your life to him, he gives you the free gift of eternal life, salvation, but he also gives spiritual gifts. To every follower of Jesus, he gives us a supernatural gift that we are to use to serve others. And, and we said it this way, God gives us gifts to use, right? The best gifts are the ones that we actually put into practice, that we put to use. He gave us gifts to use for the good of others. And we talked all about that last week. Now, what we're gonna do is we're gonna spend this morning as we kind of wrap up this whole series, we're gonna talk about heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. So I'm gonna ask you to grab that, uh, that profile that was on your seat. Uh, by the way, last week we handed out a spiritual gifts questionnaire. Um, all this content is available at friendshipwired.com. There's also extra ones of these um, by the offering baskets at the doors. If you want to grab one of these questionnaires, figure out your spiritual gifts, please have at it. But last week, if you look at the first page here, of this shape profile. A lot of stuff here for you, but this is an opportunity that if you want to dig in, if you want to discover your shape, hopefully this will be a tool that can help you. So on page number one there, spiritual gifts, what I'm gifted to do. And we have listed these 16 gifts here. Um, and again, the way that you discover what your gifts are, use some of these tools to do these, these surveys or inventories. 
But then just experiment and serve and see what you're good at and what you enjoy doing and what you receive affirmation from others about. You know, when people would say, hey, you kind of got a thing for this. You're pretty good at doing this. That, that's some affirmation that may confirm that this may be a gift that you have. We talked all about that last week, but I want to move to the next page, which is the H in shape, heart, heart. So heart is, is what are you passionate about? What is, what is something that God has put in you that you're just passionate about? And we're going to consider, and you'll see it here, three ways in which your heart um, or passion is directed. It may be passion for a role, which is something you like to do. It may be a passion for specific people whom you like to help. Or it may be a passion for a cause, something that you would like to see changed in the world. And so if you'll do this on your own, what you can do is for each of those three categories, there's some different things to consider. So number one, my passion for a role. I love to, and I think that's a key thing because you might look through some of this and go, well, I could do this or I'm not bad at doing this. No, what do you enjoy? What do you love doing? What do you have a heart for? And so there's any number of, of, of things here that you might have a, a passion for. If you go to the next page, uh, number two, my passion for people. I love to be with or work with, maybe it's an age group or a season of life. Maybe it's a situation uh, in life. Um, you know, empty nesters, teen moms, widows, hospitalized. So there's any number of people. You know, for me, for the longest time, if you know my story, uh, I didn't grow up in church. I came to Christ late in high school. And so the people that I most wanted to invest my life in were high schoolers. And this, this plays into experience that we'll talk about later. But because God turned my world upside down when I was in high school, my passion was to help teenagers to experience that same kind of transformation. And so maybe there's a group of people that you're passionate about. Now, number three, my passion for a cause I get excited to make a difference in the area of, and there's any number of, of things here, at-risk children, divorce, uh, education, environment, families, marriage, um, the homelessness uh, issue, marital he- uh, mental health, all kinds of things that maybe there's a cause that, man, you have a passion for that you would love to help make a difference in that area. And so this is what heart is all about because every single one of us has different, different interests. Our heart beats faster for different things. And the idea here is that whatever God has put in your heart, he wants to use that to serve others and to bless others. So that's H. Let's, let's go to the next letter, which is A, abilities. Abilities. So abilities are what you naturally excel at. What are you good at doing? I want to read this quote here because some of you would say, well, not very much. Right? I want you to see this quote from Rick Warren, Pastor Rick Warren. He says, one of the most common excuses people give for not serving is, I just don't have any abilities to offer. This is ludicrous. You have dozens, probably hundreds of untapped, unrecognized, and unused abilities that are lying dormant inside you. 
Many studies have revealed that the average person possesses from 500 to 700 different skills and abilities, far more than you realize. And that might blow your mind. It blows my mind too, but I go, okay, what do I have skills in? Well, I can brush my teeth. I can, you know, there's all kinds of things I can do that are technically, I guess, abilities. It's not on the list. Um, but, but here's the point, these last two statements. Every gift can be used for God's glory. And what I'm able to do, God wants me to do. And so, you know, sometimes we look at our lives and we're like, well, I can do this, or I'm good at this, or I have an ability in this area. But the point of this is that every single ability you have, every talent that you've been given isn't just for your own sake. God has given that to you so that you could use it for his glory. And then there's a whole list, and again, not an exhaustive list by any stretch, but if, if you work through this list, you'll see different things that maybe you have an ability in. Um, entertaining, uh, researching, artistic, graphics, tech, technical, um, athletic. There's just all kinds of abilities that maybe you've never thought, maybe the, it's never crossed your mind that you could use the abilities that you have to somehow glorify God and to serve other people. Uh, There's one on here, number 28, which is musical ability. Uh, I like to point this out because sometimes I hear people say, well, I don't have the gift of singing, all right? Um, I understand what you're saying. That's when we're talking about spiritual gifts, singing is not a spiritual gift, all right? So someone who's a worship leader may have the, the spiritual gift of exhortation. So they're exhorting us, but then hopefully... Hopefully they have musical ability, okay? So like Keith Willoughby, our executive pastor, as much as he'd like to think he has musical ability, he has zero, all right? And it's been confirmed and affirmed by multitudes, all right? He doesn't have that. So this kind of, over, again, overlaps when people recognize or see something in you or you enjoy doing it, you feel like you have some talent or ability in that area. Man, realize that God can and, and wants to use all of your abilities to serve others, So, abilities, what I naturally excel at. So, H is heart, A is abilities. Let's go to the next one. P, personality. Personality, how God has wired you. So, understanding how God has wired you. Now, how how many of you have ever taken up some kind of personality test? Has anybody ever done that? Okay, a good number of you have. I remember there was a day where I was like, those things are ridiculous. Those are pointless um, but then I took one and I was like, oh, like, oh my goodness, this explains all of my weirdness. Like there are, there's only 3% that have this INFJ personality type, but man, there's others that are like me and it explains so much. And so I enjoy these things. There's way more that you could talk about that than can be confined to some kind of test. Um, but personality, God has wired every single one of us so, so differently. And the two things we're going to consider here, and and, and you can do this on your own, ask some of these questions. We're going to talk about how we relate to others and how we respond to opportunities. So relating to others, here's some questions to consider. Are you outgoing or reserved? Are you self-expressive or self-controlled? Are you cooperative or competitive? So some things to to, to think about, some, some things to consider in relating to others, but then responding to opportunities. So do you tend to be more high risk or low risk? Do you tend towards people or towards projects? Do you tend to follow or lead? 
Are you more of a team player or do you enjoy going solo? Uh, Do you enjoy routine or do you thrive with variety? These are all things that, that kind of speak to how you respond to opportunities in your life. And so there's a way to kind of go through there and kind of mark yourself and kind of figure out how God has wired you. But again, this isn't just like self-discovery for the purpose of feeling better about yourself. No, the point of this is, okay, however God has wired me, he wants to use me in that wiring to serve and bless others. You know, I, one of the things I hear sometimes is like, well, I couldn't do what you do because I'm an introvert. And I'm like, eh, I'm an introvert. That, that does not fly with me, all right? If you had asked me when I was a kid if I would ever do something like this, with my life, absolutely. I'm shy. I don't want to be in front of people. I hate having a spotlight on me. No way. But God, when God spiritually gifts you, he enables you to do something that you would never do otherwise. And so, you know, introvertedness. It's easy to say, well, I'm an introvert, so I couldn't do this, or I couldn't do this, or my personality is this way, or I tend to do this, and so I don't know if God can really use me. False. However, he has wired you. He has wired you on purpose for a purpose, and he wants to use you the way that he designed you to serve others. And so this is self-discovery for the purpose of, okay, how do I use my personality? How do I find a way to use this to serve others? And so that's the P, personality. And then the last one is E, experiences. Experiences, where I have been. I'm just going to read this first little paragraph here on your shape profile. You've been shaped by your experiences in life, most of which were beyond your control. God allowed them for his purpose of molding you. In determining your shape for serving God, you should examine at least five kinds of experiences from your past. Educational experiences. So what were your favorite subjects in school? Work experiences, what jobs have you been most effective in and enjoyed the most? Spiritual experiences, what have been your most meaningful times with God? Ministry experiences, how have you served God in the past? And then painful experiences, from what problems, hurts, thorns, and trials have you learned? And so these are five different kind of areas of experiences and what I want us to think about is, is this. Imagine you're, you're walking down a long hallway, and on either side of the hallway there are, are portraits of these life-altering moments that you have had in, in your life. So as you look at this side, you see all the, all the positive portraits, all these things that you have experienced in your life that have brought you joy or excitement or fulfillment or achievement in your life. And so as you look through your life, you can see these portraits of positive experiences. But then if you go down this other side of the hallway, you see this whole other side of of painful portraits. Experiences that maybe caused you pain or frustration or disappointment or maybe even trauma. Uh, things that have discouraged you in your life, and you would look at these painful portraits. And, and listen, every single one of us have portraits of both kinds, right? Positive and painful experiences that, that 
color our lives. And the idea here is that God wants to use every single one of those experiences, both positive and painful, for his glory, to serve others. So those painful experiences, man, God wants to redeem those and use that experience so that you could serve others better. You know, our tendency would be to, okay, I want to slow down and look at all these positive portraits very carefully and enjoy that. But I want to run down the hallway of my painful portraits. But here's the reality is that God has allowed. He he didn't cause everything, but he's allowed everything that's come into our lives, every single experience. And he wants to use that. He wants to use it. He brought you through it so that he could use it, so that you could minister to others, so you could serve others. Soren Kierkegaard said this. I like this quote. He says, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. And so things don't always make sense when, we, when we're walking through them forwards. But, man, when we look back and we examine and when we consider, that's an opportunity for us to say, okay, God, how do you want to use this experience in my life to bless others? And so a couple passages of Scripture, Romans 8, 28, we hear this and we use this often. Paul says, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together. We, we use that a lot. The good stuff, all the bad stuff works together. But verse 20, we can't, or 29, we can't miss this. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So he says, yes, everything works together and I will work everything out in your life for good, but it's for the express purpose of conforming you to the image of Christ, to make you more like Jesus. And so the things that you've had to suffer through, listen, you can better understand and relate to the suffering of our Savior. It says, who was made perfect through suffering. And so everything that we experience, God wants to use. He wants to work it together and use for our good and for his glory to conform us to the image of his son. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all what? Comfort. The God of all comfort. He is the source of all comfort that we need. Verse 4, who comforts us in all our affliction. He's the one who gives us comfort so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the same comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And so God, the God of all comfort in our suffering and our experiences, he gives us comfort so that we can receive his comfort and then we can show his comfort to others. We can serve them by giving them that same comfort with which we have received. And so God wants to use every single experience that we have been through to serve others. And so this exercise, if you would dare to engage in it, would be take some time to walk slowly through the hallway of your life.
and consider the positive portraits and consider the painful portraits, those life-altering things, and say, God, how do you want to use those things in my life so that I could serve others? This is part of your shape, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, and your experiences. God wants to use it all. And so the question is now, so, so what do I do? What's, what's this next thing? What do, I, what do I do with all of this? Just, again, a couple, couple quick thoughts. Not a lot different from what we've talked about the last couple weeks. Number one, shape profile. Use this as a discovery tool. And I'm not saying someday, like put it on a shelf and, you know, maybe one day if you're more interested, dig into this. No, I'm, I'm encouraged to, to take some time this week and use this as a tool. Maybe you would say, ah, I feel like I already know my gifts and abilities and some of these things. I would ask you to take some time and use this as a tool and be open. God, would you help me to discover something? Maybe there's experiences that I haven't thought through, I haven't considered, that maybe you want to use that in my life somehow to help others that are maybe experiencing the same thing. And so use the shape profile tool. Uh, another thing, and again, I've said this over and over, is just serve. Just serve. There are always, always, always opportunities all around you and me. Every single day, every single environment that we are in, there's, envir- there's opportunities for us to serve others. Even if you're at home all day, there's opportunities to serve the people in your home. If you're at school, you know, sometimes the easiest thing to do is I just want to get through this day and do what I need to do. Man, there's opportunities to serve people in your workplace. I know you, you work, you do work to get paid, but man, there's opportunities to serve people and represent Jesus where you're at that are outside of your job description. There's opportunities to serve people in your neighborhood all around you. If, you would, if, if, if we would just look and listen and seek out, man, I'm telling, I'm telling you, there's opportunities. In your church, there's opportunities everywhere to serve people. And so don't just wait for opportunities to come and seek them out, look and listen and go after them. Let, let me say this about serving, because I think it's important to think about, you know, all of us, think, think about in your home, for instance, um, or in your workplace. Um, there's particular things that you may enjoy doing or that you're good at doing, but then there's always that, those, those things that just need to get done, right? You may be like, well, I'm not very gifted at doing this, but it doesn't matter. It's got to get done. There's always those, those kind of things, whether it's at home, uh, at work, in the church. There's always things that not anybody really wants to do. But there's always opportunities to serve and to meet needs. And ideally, what you'd love to have in your life is like, is an 80-20 kind of split where you're spending 80% of your time and your energy doing the things that you love, that you enjoy, that you're finding fulfillment in. And then maybe 20% of the time you're just doing ah, stuff that's got to get done. Uh, the problem is some of us feel like we spend our lives doing like 80% of the time just stuff that's got to get done. I don't enjoy it. This isn't what I was made to do. And then maybe 20% of the time it's invested in stuff that I enjoy. The idea behind this whole shape thing is, man, we want to help you. And this is not a, something you're going to discover overnight, over a couple days, or even a couple weeks. This is kind of a journey in your life. Like, God, how have you shaped me? And how can I find 
a vocation? How can I plant, find a place in the church? How can I live in this world and fulfill this design that you've created for me? And so just looking for opportunities to, to serve. Another way to apply all this is, man, seek help and seek feedback. Just go through this with somebody else, maybe a, a friend or a spouse or, you know, seek me out. I'd love to help you. Or one of our uh, pastors or leaders or deacons, family members, man, walk through this with somebody else because chances are you're good at some things or you've gone through some things that don't always register with you, that maybe somebody else could point out, hey, you're pretty good at this. Or man, I feel blessed when you do this in my life and just seeking out help. And if you need help with that, man, I would, I would love to, and I know folks in our church would love to help you in that discovery process. And so come find me or, or go to friendshipwire.com, the, the discover your shape tab there, contact us, let us know. We'd love to help you in this discovery process. But you know what, today, this, this sermon title, and you know, most people don't pay any attention to a sermon title, all right? The pastor typically does. It helps shape the direction I'm taking for the sermon. But what I've titled today uh, is, is very significant. I've titled it, Nothing Wasted, Everything Useful. Nothing Wasted, Everything Useful. And I want you to think about that for a moment because this goes for every single element of your shape. So your spiritual gifts, your heart or passions, your abilities, your personality, your experiences. Listen, God doesn't waste any of that. And so every single thing about you and your shape, man, nothing's wasted. Everything is useful or could be useful. God wants it to be useful if we'll allow him to use it. It goes for every single element of your shape. Nothing wasted, everything useful. Listen, it goes for every single person in your home or in your family. There's not one person wasted. There's not one gift wasted. There's not one experience wasted in your home. Everything and everyone is useful. And it's the same thing for every single person in this church in this family of faith. Nothing is wasted. And God has put every single person in this church to be used. And he wants to, he desires to use you. We need every single one of you. Every single one of you playing your part and growing and going. Every part working properly as Ephesians 4, 16 said. But here's maybe the most important thing I'll say in this whole, whole series, so don't miss this. What is most important about you isn't your ability. You know what I'm going to say? It's your availability to God. It's not about how talented and gifted and special you are. It's how available have you made yourself to the God who designed you, who created you, who, who formed you and fashioned you and had a design in mind for you in your life before the foundation of the world and every moment since then and every experience that you've gone through, he is shaping you and forming you for his purposes so that he could serve others through you. 
What is most important isn't your ability, it's your availability to God, who is the one who can and will use us. Listen, I hope, man, I hope that you take this home. There it goes. I hope you take this home and I hope you do the hard work of digging in and trying to discover and opening yourself up to God and discovering your shape, your gifts and your abilities and experiences, all those things. I hope you do the hard work of, of doing that. But if you go to all that effort and spend all that time and energy and then you stick your gifts and your experiences and your abilities on the shelf and do nothing with them, man, the whole thing was a waste of time. And you'll miss out on all that God has for you, what he has designed you specifically for. And so I want to ask you this this morning. This is a hard question, but I, I got to ask it. Is serving a priority in your life right now? Is serving a priority in your life right now? And I'm talking about every area in this church, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your school, your work. Is serving a priority for you right now? If it's not, man, what's stopping you? God has given you everything that you need for life and godliness, and he's designed you to serve him. What's stopping you? If I could give you kind of my goal and my, 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 my dream scenario where I'd love to see us as a church, again, last 12, 18 months in the world and in our church and in the, the big C church across the globe, man, it's been... It's been a topsy-turvy time, right? And we, it feels like we're moving out of this and moving into a new season. And you know where we're at um, in, in the calendar year. So tomorrow being Memorial Day, when you look at the church, we consider it kind of the calendar year, the church calendar. This is kind of the unofficial start of summer, right? So vacations and everyone's doing their thing and um, you know routine is different. Um, but then there comes a point in a couple months where... Kids go back to school, everything kind of goes back into this normal flow of life and routine and, and, and ministry or in, in the church that kind of is the kickoff of our ministry season. All right, everybody's back, the whole family's back from vacation and relaxing and resting. Now it's time to get after it and everything kind of kicks off in the fall. Here's what I would love to see from our church is over these next couple months, every single person that we call friendship home like this is my family, every single one of us doing the work of making ourselves available to God and saying, God, I want to be available to you and however you want to serve me, however, however you want me to serve you, whatever part you want me to play, I want to contribute. And I want to use my experiences and I want to use my abilities and I want to find a place Man, you know what? If you have gifts and abilities and experiences that we don't have a, a place for, we'll create a place so that you can serve people. That is my heart, is that you wouldn't just fill a role, but you would do what God has designed you to do to serve others. And so what I would love to see from all of us is over these next couple months, man, we're trying to discover our shapes and we're trying to figure out individually and collectively so that as we, as we head into August and the fall season, as we kind of go back into hopefully more normal life, right, whatever that is, man, we, could, we can begin to 
engage and re-engage more and more in our community. And there's things that we're talking about and dreaming about now that we want to talk about over the next few months so that we can all together as each part is working properly, fulfilling our purpose, man, we can run into the fall and have an incredible impact on our community for the sake of the gospel. That is what I would love to see. Everybody playing their part. And maybe you don't know what your role is. Maybe you don't know what your part is right now. But I want to encourage you again to understand that you are important. And that as you go, so goes our church. And as you grow, so grows our church. It's not about me or any one single leader. It's about every single part working properly. And so that is my hope and desire and my challenge is that we would surrender to God and allow him to do his work, that we would be available to him. And I want to end with a quote by an author and pastor, Max Lucado. He said this, don't go to God with options and expect him to choose one of your preferences. Go to him with empty hands. In other words, that's kind of the universal sign for surrender, right? I'm not holding on to anything. I'm not holding anything back. Go to him with empty hands, no hidden agendas, no crossed fingers, nothing behind your back. Go to him with a willingness to do whatever he says, because if you surrender your will, then he will, as he said in Hebrews 13, he will equip you with everything good for doing his will. And so today, y'all, is a day of surrender. It's a day for us to throw our hands up, to, to go to him with empty hands and say, God, would you use me? Everything about me, my entire shape, spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personalities, experiences. God, I want to be used by you. Would you join me in that? That is my prayer for us. I want to ask you to stand with me and would you bow your heads? I want to give us a couple minutes to respond, to have a moment of surrender. I want us to take some time this morning to empty our hands before God. And maybe you're in a place where you still have so much you need to figure out and to discover. But this morning you'd say, God, I'm available. I want to learn. I want to understand myself better so that I can be used by you better. Or maybe some of you, you've been holding on to an experience that is painful. And maybe this morning is an opportunity to let go of it and to drop it and to place it at the foot of the cross and say, God, I surrender this to you. I'm available. Would you use this experience for your glory's sake? Would you give me the comfort I need so that I can give others the comfort that you have given to me? I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what it is that you need to pray about or to surrender or to let go of or to drop out of your hands to be able to come to him with empty hands today but would you take this next minute to just pray to the Lord and respond to him in faith
available to you, that we would come to you with surrendered hearts, wanting, willing and wanting to be used by you. I pray for every single person that we would understand our value to you and our value to this church and to your family here. God, our prayer is that you would use us, continue to shape us and use our shape for your glory's sake. We pray in Jesus' name.